The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. Last Sunday, as I was driving home from church, I started to get a little irritated. It took me 15 minutes to get home. Some of you are thinking, wow, that sounds nice. But it took me only about five minutes to get here. And so on my way home, I was expecting that it would take closer to the five minutes than the 15. And see, the thing is, what we expect in a situation impacts how we react. If I expect to have a busy day, I can usually gear up for it and I usually get through it just fine. But if I expect to watch football all day and something even minor interrupts that, I can get grumpy rather quickly. So let me ask you this. As a follower of Jesus, what do you expect? As a follower of Jesus, do you expect that your life should be easy or hard? Peter and the disciples had some mistaken expectations. And so Jesus tells them that the cross comes first, then the crown. We should expect the cross, but know that Jesus' cross produced the crown. Last week in the Gospel, we heard this amazing confession from Peter when when he says that, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus responded by saying, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. You see, Peter clearly confessed who Jesus was, but he did not fully understand what the Messiah had come to do. So what were Peter and the disciples expecting up to this point in Jesus' ministry? They had seen all the miracles, the healings, the feeding of the large crowds, the power to control even nature. With power like that, Jesus would be able to restore the throne of King David and and make Israel a prosperous nation again. As Peter and the disciples had, Jesus was about to shatter their expectations. In verse 21, it says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Suffer? At the hands of of, of those people? Killed? That is not what Peter and the other disciples were expecting. They expected that that the events of Jesus' ministry thus far were, were leading to a throne. But how could Jesus restore Israel if he was going to be killed? 
And Peter, of course, was sure to let Jesus know that he expected something very different. Peter takes Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Peter had no room in his plans for this kind of talk. Because the dead Jesus would not be able to do what Peter expected. And so Jesus, who just six verses earlier in Matthew's Gospel had proclaimed, Blessed are you, Simon! Turns to look Simon Peter in the eye and rebuke him saying, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God. Peter didn't know it, but his expectations were way out of line with God's plans. Because Peter expected the Messiah to establish some kind of earthly kingdom, he was directly opposing God's plan of salvation. He was doing exactly what Satan would have been trying to do. Stop Jesus from carrying out the work that was in front of him. To suffer. To die. Leaving all mankind, and including you and me, doomed to hell forever. Restoring Israel wouldn't be worth that. Not even gaining the whole world would be worth that. Right? We wouldn't forfeit our souls to gain the whole world. Right? Jesus said in verse 26, what, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Here's the thing. Our sinful natures are so terribly self-absorbed that we would. Because like Peter, we have wants and expectations And when life doesn't go according to our plans, we we pull God aside and we say, no, this isn't how it's supposed to go, God. My life wasn't supposed to be hard. This isn't what I was expecting. And like Peter, we still want Jesus in our life, but we want Him on our terms and in our timing. We have in mind our own expectations, not what God wants. Jesus addresses Peter, and he addresses you and me, and he tells us what it means to be his follower. Verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. First, notice that that Jesus isn't just talking to Peter here. He's not just punishing Peter because Peter said something he shouldn't have. Jesus is talking to all the disciples. And he's talking to you and me. He says, whoever 
Whoever might set out to be a follower of Jesus will have to set aside what what they expect and what they want and instead pick up their cross and follow Jesus, bearing whatever burdens that includes. These words come straight from our loving Savior's lips, but wow, are they hard to hear. Jesus doesn't say, come follow me and enjoy the pleasures of this life. No, instead, Jesus says, if you wish to follow me, then pick up your cross. And the natural question to that is, but why? And this question by itself is not wrong. If you read through the Psalms, There are countless examples of psalm writers crying out to God, asking, why? But we go too far when when we try to give answers that God has not given us, or we demand answers from a God who owes us nothing. And it's then that that we need to remember the point of, of Christ's cross, and the point of the cross is that, that we bear. Back in verse 21, there, there's an important word, must. Jesus began explaining to his disciples that he must go to the cross. You see, Jesus had to do the things that he was about to do. To suffer, to die, to rise again. He was the long-awaited Savior the one prophesied about for thousands of years. Jesus was here to earn the crown of salvation for all people, for you, for me. But the cross was the way that He was going to accomplish it. And maybe at this point, we can cut Peter a little bit of slack. Peter didn't understand how Jesus being brutally murdered by Roman soldiers could bring about anything good. And on the surface, it doesn't seem good at all. But by way of the cross, Jesus was going to bring about the single most absolute good thing ever. The forgiveness of sins for all people. And so like Peter, we need to learn this lesson about about Christ's cross and about the crosses that we bear. In things that we call bad, God still rules. The cross was going to be horrible. Peter was right about that. But God rules these things. Not Peter. Not me. Today, if you find yourself carrying a cross, God hasn't forgotten about you. And you probably still have questions like, why me? Why this cross? Why now? This side of heaven, you might not get the answer to those questions. 
But Jesus says, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. All the losses and hardships that we face for Jesus' sake are leading us to true life. Life eternal in Him. And that's why we can actually rejoice in the crosses that we bear. No, that doesn't mean that the tears just stop or the hard days just melt away. But we learn to say with the Apostle Paul what we heard in our second reading today. Paul writes, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. It isn't even worth the conversation, Paul says. Paul's not saying that your cross doesn't exist. But he's saying that the glory that awaits the believer is so much greater than any suffering that we face now. The glory that that awaits the believer is out of this world. And so we rejoice that, that our crosses help us cling to Christ's cross, which produced for us the crown of salvation. You know, Peter still had many crosses to bear in his life. He and and many people close to him were going to be arrested for sharing their faith. Peter doesn't always get enough credit for 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 the bold witness that he was after Jesus ascended into heaven. Did you know that according to church tradition, Peter himself actually died on a cross? The man who didn't want Jesus to go to the cross became so firm in his faith that he was willing to die on a cross because he believed in Jesus. Peter became that bold witness because of the crosses that he bore. And now he enjoys the crown. This side of heaven, you will still have crosses to bear. Some of you are are going through it right now. For others of you, it's coming. Expect it. But remember that, that just as Jesus brought about salvation for all people through his cross, so our crosses are leading us to eternal glory, the crown of salvation in heaven forever. Amen.